The makers of Hallmark greeting cards bring you Linda Darnell in Kathleen Norris's great novel, Mother, on the Hallmark Playhouse. Each week, Hallmark will bring you Hollywood's greatest stars in outstanding stories chosen by one of the world's best-known authors, the distinguished novelist, Mr. James Hilton. Ladies and gentlemen, this is James Hilton. Tonight on our Hallmark Playhouse, we present a story which has not only proved extremely popular since its first publication, but is particularly appropriate to the anniversary we celebrate this coming Sunday. Kathleen Norris's novel, Mother, as its title informs us about as simply as a title can, is a warm-hearted glorification of that human relationship which is so close to us all the year round, but which, on the second Sunday in May each year, we bring, as it were, into special focus. There are few writers who do this sort of thing better than Kathleen Norris, who wrote many, many popular novels, of which the one we've chosen for tonight seems to have been the bestseller of them all. We're additionally lucky tonight to have as our star that delightful Hollywood actress, Linda Darnell. Hallmark Playhouse, starring Linda Darnell in Kathleen Norris's novel, Mother. children and their father and mother lived in the house. Margaret was the oldest. She hated the house, had hated it for quite a long time. Becky, until the children leave for school. Then you and I will give the baby a bath. Rain. That means the classroom will be full of wet clothes and the stove won't work and the schoolyard will be full of mud. Why, Margaret, that doesn't sound like you. Oh, Mother, don't you ever get sick of the drudgery of, of cheap clothes and cheap dishes and cheap furniture? Don't you ever get sick of poverty? Margaret... I've never felt poor. How could I sit at our dinner table and feel poor? With your father sitting there. And seven young faces smiling back at me. You haven't felt poor. Mother, other women have time to take care of their hands and their hair. 
And to fix up and have people into tea and, and to go to beauty parlors. Oh, well, those aren't the women with seven children, are they, Margaret? No, you bet. Those aren't the women with seven children. I'd rather have my children. Margaret, you're going to be late. Mother, is my hair ribbon straight? Turn around. Oh, no, here, let me fix it, dear. It's a little crooked, Julie. Oh, good heavens, there's a school bill. I've got to run. Bye, Mother. Wrap up good, dear. to lunch in this rain. No, I don't think so, Emily. I thought I'd just fix some tea here in the teacher's room. I think I'll join you. My class certainly acted up today. I guess it's the weather. They're sure making a racket this noon, aren't they? What's that? One of the children's been hit. What? Come on. Oh, good gracious. Help us, Let me through. Stand back, children. Let me through. This little Dorothy Scott, I can see her in the road. She's crying. Children, drop that screen. Be still, still every one of you. Be still. Oh, I don't think she's that hurt. She ran right in front of the car. I wasn't going very fast. She won't let anyone near her. Shh, shh, Dorothy. Dorothy, don't cry like that. Now, look, put your arms around my neck. That's a good girl. Now, let me pick you up. Let me pick you up. Now, Dorothy, don't you cry. Now. Dorothy, you're not hurt. We must get a doctor. Was she run over? No, she just fell against the car. Oh, well, my mother always says that no child that can cry is badly hurt, but we'll have the doctor come over to be sure. Uh, children, children, I want you all to go back to your classroom. Dorothy's had a bad scare, but she's going to be all right. And I want you to see how quiet you can be. Emily, may my class go in with yours for a while? Of course, Margaret. Children? Children, form lines now. Yes, ma'am. Form lines. You're all right. I'm hurt. I know, Dorothy, but you're all right now. Oh, Ted, you run down the street and ask Dr. Potts to come over, will you? Yes, Margaret. And uh, we'll go inside and wait for the doctor. May I come with you? Of course. I'm heavy. My name is Ted. Yes, you are, Dorothy. Uh, we'll go right in the principal's office. She isn't here today. Uh, this is the door. Would you mind opening it? No, of course not. Now, Dorothy. Now, dear, we'll, we'll just put you here in this big chair. Who's hurt? Yes, we know, Dorothy. Oh, if you'll sit down, Mrs. Mrs. Carbold. Mrs. Carbold? You say that as though you know the name. Well, I imagine that everyone who reads the society section of a newspaper must know your name. I was driving through Weston to visit some friends upstate. What is your name, my dear? Margaret Paget. Well, Margaret, you managed this whole situation very capably just now. You got the children back in their rooms and you averted what might have been a very hysterical situation. Do you like teaching, Miss Paget? No. Not really. You don't? Well, why don't you come to New York and do something else? Well, I'm afraid that's easier said than done. I don't know anyone in New York. Well, I'm sure you're far too clever and good-looking to waste your life down here. I'll tell you, Miss Paget, my personal secretary is leaving me to get married. If you care for the position, we might be able to come to an agreement. If I'd care for it? I have two small daughters. You could help them with their studies when they're home from school. Other than that, it would be secretarial work. I'd expect you to travel with me wherever I went, of course. Oh, it sounds like a dream. 
Oh, uh, come in. Hello, Margaret. Oh, come in, Dr. Pop. Oh, Mrs. Carbold, may I present our doctor, Dr. Pop? How do you do, Doctor? How do? Well, Dorothy, what happened to you? I got hurt. Well, now, let's have a look at you. Stand up. Mrs. Carbold, if, if you think I do... We'll put it on a trial basis. But I'm sure you will. Oh. Well, then, as soon as I can make arrangements here, I, I'd love to have the position. New York, so far away, Margaret. Oh, I can come home often over the weekends, Mother. And just think I won't have any living expenses. I can send much more money home. Well, you'll have a fine house now. And all the things you've been wanting. Someday you'll have a fine house too, Mother. Someday when we're all grown up, between us we'll be able to give you everything you've ever wanted. I'm afraid you'll never be able to give me then what I have now. But you don't have anything now. That's the trouble. Margaret, don't be too impressed by wealth and position, dear. They're nice to have. But they aren't everything. We've got position, Mother. Why, your people and Dad's people were from the best families in this part of the country. But, Margaret, you can't get by in this world on the strength of what your grandparents were. You have to rise or fall on the strength of what you are. Oh, Margaret, you... You you worry me sometimes, so... I'll be all right, Mother. I hope so, dear. I hope so. Dear Mother and all, I'm writing to you from my suite at Mrs. Carbone's. I have a large bedroom, a sitting room with a fireplace, and a bath all to myself. Everyone is very nice to me. And I love it here. Oh, incidentally, was it Father's uncle who was a judge in Quincy? I was talking to Mrs. Carbolt about it last night. Dear Mother and all, the days go so fast here that... Sometimes it's hard to keep track of them. We're sailing for Europe next week. The children are to be put in school in Switzerland. And Mrs. Carbold and I are going to spend the summer in Italy. Can you imagine? Italy. Italy. Gee, that's a long way from us, isn't it, Mother? Yes, son. Italy's a long ways from us. Dear mother and all, I'm writing to you in an Italian garden. I wish you could see it. Just beyond the garden walls, the cliffs slide down to a blue Italian sea, and now and then you can hear the voices of the, of the fishermen. We've been here a month now, and and I've met someone. His name is John Tennyson. 
He's an American professor over here on a lecture tour. He's tall and he has brown eyes and a kind of a smile that makes you forget what he's saying. Margaret. Oh, he's coming now. More later. Love, Margaret. Writing letters again. Oh, just a short letter home. Am I interrupting? Oh, of course not. Sit down. Someday I'm going to meet that family of yours. Oh, well, they, uh, they live quite a ways from New York, in a little town called Weston. Weston? Do you know the town? I've been through there a million times. My Aunt Pamela lives about 30 miles away. She raised me, you know. I want her to meet you. She thinks girls like you don't exist anymore. Well, I... I'd love to meet her. The sun's going down. Have you got time now for a walk down to the shore? Oh, plenty of time. Well, come on, then. Margaret! There's something wrong, Mrs. Carbo. Victoria, the school just phoned me. She's ill. Oh. I want to get her and fly home immediately. Oh, I hope it isn't anything serious. Well, the school says it isn't, but I want to get her home to her own doctor. Will you find out about the plane, Margaret? Oh, yes, of course. I'll go with you. Perhaps I can help. I'm going down to the village to pick up some things I ordered. I won't be long. quickly, doesn't it? Someone sticks a pin in it, and there it goes. I'd hoped we were going to be here all summer. So did I. I'm going to miss Italy. I'm going to miss you. But I'll find you as soon as I get back. I'm coming to Weston and meet that family of yours. But I'll be at Bar Harbor with Mrs. Carbo. Then I'll pick you up and drive you to Weston. So anxious to meet my family, John. Because at last I've met you. she was coming, and the front part of the house was empty when she walked in, except for the flies that had come in through the holes in the front screen. She looked around hopelessly. The springs were still broken in the sofa. The piano was still littered with books and magazines. Everything was just the same. She found her mother in the kitchen. For Mrs. Carbone. I hope she doesn't want you to come right back. No, it's it's from John. 
John. John Tennyson. Remember I wrote you about him? Oh, yes. He says he's just back in the States, and Mrs. Carbold wrote him that I was here, and, and he wants to drive over tomorrow for the day. Well, that's lovely. I bought a roasted beef. Isn't that fortunate? Oh, I, I don't think I'd better let him come, Mother. I mean, there's so many of us, and there's such confusion on Sundays. I, I'll warn him that some other time might be better. Oh, he's more than welcome, Margaret. Mother, hmm? can't you see? Margaret doesn't want him to come here. Oh. Well, whatever you think is best, Margaret. Maybe it would be more pleasant for him later in the year. In October, perhaps. When the leaves turn. Why, I'll warn right away. Margaret, did you enjoy the sermon? Oh, very much, Dad. I'm sorry Mother couldn't come, though. Mother always feels she has to fuss for the Sunday dinner. Phew, it's a hot day. Yes, it's another scorcher. Oh, look, Ted and Becker out with Sprinkler in the bathing suit. <laughs> I'd like to join them myself. Margaret, who's that man on the front porch? Oh, there is someone sitting there, isn't there? Oh, no. Oh, I said I'm alive. Be careful, don't catch your dress on the gate. I didn't get any answer to my wire, so I assumed it was all right to come. Oh, uh, Julie, may I present Mr. Tennyson? Hello, Mr. Tennyson. How do you do? Father, Mr. Tennyson. My father, John. How are you, young man? How do you do, sir? Margaret, your mother invited me to lunch. Please, Ted. Please. Pass your plate. Uh, Mr. Tennyson, would you mind passing Ted's plate? Oh, of course not. No, sir, the old man is in need of these days. Most of you young fellas are starting out at pretty near the same money I'm getting after 25 years. John isn't in a bank, Father. Well, it applies to any profession. Was that about the candy you brought? Rebecca. Rebecca, I don't want to have to ask you to leave the table. I was just in class. Yes, as a matter of fact, it is a box of candy. Candy? Oh, boy. When are we going to open it? Ted. What? Oh, I'm so sorry, John. They really know better. We don't get much candy. Ted. We don't. Well, you know how it is, Mr. Tennyson. The children, sometimes it seems like a... Uh, a, a long time between candy. Mm-hmm. I suppose it does. Uh, I'll get the ice cream. Well, that's the idea, Mother. That'll be a nice treat. You know, Mother can make ice cream so much cheaper than you can buy it, and there's no comparison in the flavor. In the summer, we buy cheaper meat, and then we can have ice cream more often. And you appreciate the ice cream when you get it, don't you, son? You bet. Mm-hmm. Aren't you going to open the candy? Now, Rebecca, I don't want to hear any more about that candy. Mother... Please excuse me for a moment. I... I've got a headache. Yeah, better get.
give me your hand. The hill's getting steep. Why don't you say it? You're thinking it. Why don't you say it? Thinking what? If only you hadn't come down here today. If only you'd gotten my wire. I didn't want you to come down here. The dust and, and the heat and the flies and the kids. Well, you wanted to know about my background. Now you know. What are you talking about? I'm talking about you and what you think. Do you want to know what I was thinking? I was thinking that life at Mrs. Carbolt's must seem very dull and uninspired after all you've had here in Weston. After all I've had here? A wonderful, mellow old house like that that's been lived in. A warm, friendly family. You can say that after that lunch? I hope your family didn't think I was an awful dope. I hardly opened my mouth, but I was having such fun listening to those kids. Oh, but they they behave so badly. Well, you can't expect them to behave instinctively like adults, you know. That only comes with time. And your mother. Margaret, I think your mother is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Oh, John. Look, the sun's going down. What does it remind you of? A garden in Italy. Yes. You know, I thought it was because it was Italy that the garden seemed so particularly beautiful. But it's the same way today. I think it's the most beautiful day I've seen in my whole life. All afternoon I've been trying to make up a speech, but I haven't gotten very far with it. Now the day's almost gone. And all I can do is tell you... Margaret, I love you. Will you marry me? You'd be in bed. I saw John to the train, and since then I've just been walking and thinking. It was so nice tonight. I I thought I'd sit out here for a while. Mother, do you know what John said about you? John said that, that you were one of the most beautiful women he'd ever seen. Where? You know, Mother, I, I'm afraid I never thought much about it until tonight, but, but he's right. You are beautiful. You don't need beauty parlors or fancy clothes. It, it shines right through you. My dear. My dear. And when I think of all you've given up for us... Margaret, I didn't give up anything for you. Every woman chooses some means of expression, whether it's music or painting or, or business. I found my expression in my children. My own sense of joy and accomplishment has come in watching all of you grow up and doing what I could to help you find yourself in loving you. I hope I can be all that to my children. Isn't it funny how you can change overnight? Well, I don't want any of the things now I wanted yesterday. 
the things I wanted yet to take. You are going to marry John? Yes. Yes, in June or July when he completes his lecture tour. And, Mother, I'm not going back to Mrs. Carbold. I want to come back here and take my class again. I want to be close to the family. I want to be close to you. Oh, my child. My child. I want to learn the things you know about living. I want so much for people to say of me. She is your mother's daughter. Welcome home, my daughter. Welcome home. Again is James Hilton. Thank you, Linda Darnell. One of the rewards of giving a fine performance must be knowing that it has pleased so many people. Tonight, Miss Darnell, you have earned that reward. You've not only pleased us very much, but I know you pleased millions of others all around the country. Thank you, Mr. Hilton. And thanks to Verna Felton, who so beautifully played mother. You know, it is rewarding to know that she's pleased an audience. And for the same reasoning, your Hallmark Playhouse must have won a lot of friends like your Hallmark cards. We certainly hope so, because the Hallmark tradition is founded on friendship. And we think we shall hold to that tradition again next week, when we shall present James Thurber's great baseball story, You Could Look It Up, starring William Crawley. And the following week, Sir Arthur Pinero's The Enchanted Cottage, starring Richard Widmark. And following that, Kenyon Nicholson's play The Barker, starring Charles Bickford. Our Hallmark Playhouse is every Thursday. Our director-producer is Dee Engelbach. Our music is composed and conducted by Lynn Murray. And our script tonight was adapted by Dean Holloway. (laughs) 